Hey everyone, welcome to Swipe Club. I'm your host, Robert Woodley, bringing you the do's and the don'ts in the world of relationships and online dating. And we've got Angie here with us. How are you doing, Angie? Hi everyone, I'm doing great today. Thanks for asking. Good, good. So wanna jump in first and kind of talk about our last episode. Um, got a lot of really, really great feedback and kind of wanted to bounce some things off of you and see what your your thoughts are. So one of the things that um, I've noticed was a lot of women responding, saying that they were uh, dating men that were much older and some much younger. And some of the responses I've gotten were 16, 17, 18. Some of them were 20 years difference. And... Um, it all came back to the same thing. I said to them, to each and every one of them that responded, I said, so how are you keeping it going? How, how are you making it work? And 100% of them said good communication. Communication is key. Yes. I know people who have listened to me for a while will know that I beat that like a dead horse, but it's so, so true. So one of the things that, um, you know, one of the most common topics that come up when you're talking to people about relationships and any type of dating is infidelity and cheating. And I had a thought in my head that I wanted to bring up to you and bring up to the audience is, do you think that age can be a factor or is a factor? Maybe it's not a factor in any type of infidelity or cheating. It can be a factor. I don't think it's the main factor. I don't think it's the most common factor. I think the most common factor that or obstacle that leads to cheating is incompatibility in a sense that you're not spending time doing the activities you love. If you lose that in a relationship, what where is the connection? So you mentioned activities. So let's talk about that for a second. So could there be a scenario where, you know, the age difference is, you know, maybe 10 years, maybe 15 years. So let's say um, one individual is 40 and the other one is 55. So there's a 15 year difference. But then uh, the younger individual is 50 and then the other one is 65. You know, as they're, they're, they're together for 10 years and uh, maybe one person might not keep up with uh, their physical shape and maybe not stay as active and maybe in turn can't keep up, could that cause the younger person to go and seek a partner to do those activities with uh, because their significant other cannot or will not? That's always possible. Aside from age, Infidelity happens because one partner isn't getting their needs met, whether it's age, whether it's compatibility, whether it's communication, connection, quality time. If they're communicating about it, then they could find some new common interests. If they're not communicating about it, then eyes will wander. There's never an excuse for infidelity. I'll never justify that. Um, we're in a a time and place where you can communicate what you want and need up front at all times. And there's no need for any behavior behind the back. You've totally read my mind because it's something that I've been big on and I talk about a lot. And I think it's 
people people are going to cheat because they're not getting something in in their in their relationship. Mm-hmm. It, it's as simple as that, and they're not getting that either because they didn't ask for it, or the other person didn't offer it. And back to communication, right? If it's no longer available, have a conversation about it, and maybe it's time to move on. Here's the way that I look at it, and, and to put it in its simplest terms, is you know we, we can probably both agree that usually um, for guys, it's a physical, it's a lack of physical something, and for women, it's normally a lack of emotional something. And let me let me put that asterisk there. Anybody who hears me talk on my TikToks, my Facebook, my podcast, there are no absolutes. So I don't, I'm not saying a hundred percent of guys cheat because, uh, they're not getting their physical needs met. Some guys are not getting emotional needs met as well and vice versa with the women. So we have to look at it that way. And, you know, going back to, um, I've had clients that have been together for 25 years and have never once in the relationship looked at each other and said, what do you need to be happy in this relationship? It's a scary question for people. Maybe they don't want to know the answer. It requires a lot of vulnerability. I am so glad you brought up that... You're over there smiling. Men usually cheat because it's physical. Interestingly enough, cheating and infidelity most of the time is not about sex. It's not about physicality most of the time. It's about one of the partners being devalued. So, for example, I would say nine out of ten times that I have a couple in therapy where the male has cheated, it's because he feels undervalued, underappreciated, emasculated. The female partner is chopping his balls off, putting him down, criticizing him. And then he meets someone that's talking to him and putting him on a pedestal and complimenting him and noticing his attributes. That's all emotional. Yes. It's funny you say that because I've been seeing this for years is that guys are way more insecure than women. And I know the guys listening to this don't like to hear that right now, but it is. It's, It's true. So when a guy has that insecurity, right or wrong, he's going to go look for the security that, you know, somebody else might, might give him. And, you know, it's a powerful thing. If men don't feel valued in their relationship, it's like they have no value in their mind. Yes. And you know what? We could actually take this even a a step further and go deeper. Right. And, and to say that the root of, a good amount of the cheating out there is due to society. And let me explain. So in this Western culture that most of us live in that are listening to this, sex is such a taboo subject. And it doesn't really get talked about in a relationship until further, further down. And, you know, we can look at it this way. So let's say a couple are together or let's say I, I'm with somebody, we'll just give her a Mary, give her a name and call her Susie. And let's say I'm with Susie and, you know, we're in love and we've, we're together for a whole year. And one day she's like, Robert, I want you to wear this leather mask and my pink thong. And I'm like, no, that's not going to happen. 
And she says, oh, no, 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 don't. It's okay. It's okay. Don't worry about it. But you know what? It's not okay. Because in the back of her head, that is something that she wants. She might, it might be a fantasy, might be whatever it is. And there will be a certain point of time in the future where she will reapproach that subject with me, or she could get it elsewhere. Right? So what do you do? I mean, at that point, if I say, no, 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 I'm not into that. Does she break up with me? Because that's something that, that is important to her. It's part of her needs. Whereas let's back up. Let's say on date number five, Susie and I talk and she says, Hey, I'm into X, Y, and Z. And one of three things can happen at that point. I can say, no, it's not for me. And she's like, well, I kind of need that. It's a deal breaker. And I say, okay, well, we fist bump and we become friends and that's it. And there's no heartbreak, no huge love loss or anything. Or the second thing that can happen is, Hey, never thought about that. And you kind of talk about it and compromise and you know, you, you make it work one way or another. Or the third way is hell yeah. And you run off into the woods and you know, you're, uh, you know, you live happily ever after. But what I'm getting at ultimately is if all that stuff is flushed out in the very beginning, and I know I'm saying date number five, you know, maybe it's four or date number eight, whatever it is, but it's early on, then it's easier to figure out next steps. If it were that simple, then everyone would be together still. But well, why I think isn't it that simple? Because needs change over time. Desire changes over time. Wants change over time. People change over time. You're not the same person at 20 as you are at 40. You might want different things. It's highly likely you'll want different things. True. But I don't think the change is going to be extreme. I mean, it could be. Don't get me wrong. Depending on how long. I mean, if that gap is 15 years, lots of change can happen. It could be very extreme. But in maybe one year's time, probably not. And we know as therapists that most people will show their true colors between six months and 12 months. Probably you really around, see who they are. I think the honeymoon period being on your best behavior probably ends at about a year. Um, I'd say six months, but I, I'll respect your opinion. Depending on how much you see that person yeah, in that definitely. one year or six months. Sure. Yeah. Sure. It could be one month then it's <laughs> if you're seeing each other every day. It's definite at one year, right? Like there's For no- sure. Um, I feel like it starts to show at six months. You can um, see signs. I, I could definitely see that. Yes. So what I'm getting at is if society didn't make so many things taboo, it would probably be um, a lot more communication out there. I agree with you. The topic of sex is so uncomfortable. Every single time I do couples counseling, the last item on the list they want to talk about is sex because it's so uncomfortable. And it's okay because they need the communication skills, the problem-solving skills, the healthy conflict resolution before we can talk about such an important topic. Sex is an important part of a relationship. Absolutely. And funny enough, there are some online questionnaires that couples can take and use. I wish there was one that was more evidence-based and, you know, uh, proven to work, 
but there, there are stuff out there that are great icebreakers. And as you said, I've had the same experience with every couple that I've ever worked with that, you know, the whole topic of sex is always the very, very last thing that they want to talk about. And it makes sense. You know, we've all been taught from a very young age that you don't talk about that stuff in public, let alone in front of a therapist that you might have only had five sessions with. So. I think over time, sex can become boring. It can become stale. And partners or the couple become curious. They want to try and explore new things, which is all fine and dandy as long as they're communicating about the terms they've agreed upon in the relationship. And maybe they'll shift those terms. I mean, we see a lot of ethically non-monogamous relationships right now where each person in the relationship is communicating and reevaluating the terms and the boundaries that they have set so that they're both comfortable. Absolutely. And people, I, I think, you know, as, as the, um, the different sexual preferences are coming out more literally and figuratively, um, we're seeing more and more of that as therapists and trying to help people guide their way through it. And I don't care if it's bisexual or gay. I think people, it still comes down to that communication piece you know, and having that with your partner and being able to open up with your partner and, um, not only the physical part, as you mentioned, but even taking over to the emotional part, right? Making feel each other secure, loved, wanted. Absolutely. When I work with ethically non-monogamous couples, a huge piece is compatibility, hobbies, activities, and common interests. Perhaps in the beginning, one of the partners was gung-ho into the husband's activities. And over time, you know, over 10 years, over a decade, maybe it got too boring or she wasn't that into it or vice versa. Sometimes E&M couples are looking for someone to do those common activities with them that they like to do. I, I think that could be a whole podcast. Definitely, for sure. That could be a whole episode talking about... Um, the different types of poly that's out there. Absolutely. Um, definitely seeing it more and more as, as therapists. Now, we talked a lot. I, I know I went on that big, long rambling piece about the physical part, but what about the emotional part? You know, the emotional part that traditionally women feel like they're not getting that may cause them to cheat. They're not feeling valued. They're not feeling appreciated. They're not receiving compliments. They're not being made made to feel special. And then all of a sudden, they're at the supermarket, pushing their cart, bumping into <laughs> someone that's telling them how lovely they look today and what healthy food they have in their cart and, it feels and good. what great shape they're in. Do they work out? And that's a dopamine rush. Yes, you said it right there. You need to be giving your partner plenty of dopamine rushes in the relationship. And it needs to be reciprocal. Relationships are work. Like they require thoughtfulness, mindfulness, planning, attending to. You, so you bring up a good point right there. So what it all boils down to is not only communication, but effort, right? So you as a partner need to, everybody who's listening to this right now needs to be able to stop and say, how much effort am I giving in this current relationship? And how much effort am I receiving in this in this in this relationship? And um, it's an audit, right? And 
I've had partners in the past tell me, well, that's keeping score. And after a while, I said, yeah, call it what you want. If you want to call it keeping score, most people who say that are in a deficit, right? They're as in they're not giving the effort that they should be. If they were giving a ton of effort, they wouldn't that would that thought would not come out of their mouth. I think the keeping score that is coming from a place of negativity. Uh, it's pessimistic comment. I call it watering the garden. You've got a plant that's your kid. You've got a plant that's your career. You've got a plant that's your wife. If you're only watering one plant, the others are going to die. That's not keeping score. That's keeping it alive. Well, it's like when you're working, right? Mm -hmm. So you're putting in a certain amount of effort at your job mm -hmm. and your employer's paying you, right? So there, there's a back and forth, give and take effort there. If you're not putting in the effort, they're not going to pay you. Hence, you're going to get fired or vice versa. If you're putting in all the work and they're not paying you what you deserve, mm -hmm. you're going to look elsewhere. Absolutely. So that whole effort audit needs to happen in everybody's life with all types of relationships. You should be looking at it with your family, your siblings, your kids, your your boss, and most of all, your significant other. And it and it 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 takes a point to where you need to just stop and think about that for a second. Hey, am I putting in as much in this relationship as the other person's putting in? And let me get this straight: it's not always going to be fifty-fifty. You know, of course not. There's going to be an imbalance, 60, 40, now and then. But if it's continuously 80, 20, 90, 10, that's when I'm going to go back to my three things. You can do three things, I think, at that point. You can lower your effort to match theirs. You can um, address it mm -hmm. and say, hey, we need to talk about this. Um, th there's an imbalance here. Or you can walk away. Yes, you can. I think those are the three the three ways to go. Uh, I don't really like the idea of lowering your effort to match theirs because I think that can kind of be game playing and I believe we should be who we are. Absolutely. If you're the type of person that wants to give and give your all, keep doing it. And if that other person doesn't want to reciprocate, maybe it's time to take that third choice and move on. Maybe it's not the right match. Right. Sometimes there's two great two great people, but they're just not great together. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I, I think that's huge what you just said right there. And uh, the, the effort piece is something that not enough people do. I think everybody who's listening to this podcast right now can pause it or wait to the end and stop and think, hey, how much effort am I putting in? How much effort am I giving? And that effort can be in all different shapes and sizes, right? Oh, absolutely. Verbal affirmation is so powerful. It just takes a few compliments, acknowledgments, thank yous, gratitude throughout the day to make someone in the family system feel valued. It could also be as easy as what's my partner's love language and giving it to them right then and there. Absolutely. We want to speak to our partner in their language. So if quality time is my partner's love language, but I'm giving them little gifts all the time. They're not going to feel fulfilled. Right. The plant is not getting watered. It's not effort. It's not effort. And it's not mindful. It requires mindfulness. Like it requires some thought, some assessment, some reflection. Right. What can I do to nurture, water, and grow this relationship? Yes. 
so important. So I, I think that's that's another homework assignment for our virtual clients that are listening right now is do that effort audit, sit down, think about all of the different relationships in your life and think about how much you're giving and how much you're receiving. And be honest. Be honest, yes. And be accountable. That's huge, right? Don't lie to yourself because it's not going to work. It's really challenging, honesty and accountability. And it's, I also want to get back to, it's not nitpicking. It's not saying, okay, this person said, I love you four times this week. And I said it five times. That doesn't make them a bad person. But if you're saying, you know, how was your day every single day? And they never ask you at all. There's an imbalance there. Absolutely. Yes. So as always, I would love to hear your thoughts on what Angie and I had just talked about. And you can reach us on, um, you know, going through on facebook.com slash the swipe club. There's a the in front of there. And also on instagram.com slash the swipe club. So either one of those, you can um, send comments and send messages on there and uh, let us know what you think. And um, it would be great to hear from all of you. So Thank you, Angie, for stopping in and I hope to have you back again soon. It was great to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you.